بسم الله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه ومن والاه اما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah, fantastic. So, uh, we have been talking about iman billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa, na- wa now rusuli. Uh, faith in the messengers. And so, a few points should be mentioned. Uh, number one is that, obviously, the belief in the messengers implies that the messengers are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah says, Allahu yastafi min al-malaikati rusulan min al-nas, uh, wa min al-nasi. That Allah says, Allah chooses from the angels messengers and from people. So both Allah ta'ala chooses specifically from the uh, malaika, obviously Jibreel alayhi salam, to send the message. And then from amongst people as well. Inna Allah sami'un basir. Allah mentions in Surah Al-Hajj. Furthermore, Allah says, Allahu a'lamu haythu yaj'alu risalatahu. That Allah is more knowing of where He places His message. In other words, we should have full confidence that Allah chooses the right, not just the right person, but the right time and place as well to spread the message. And subhanAllah, it's kind of hard to doubt given the fact that Islam spread so quickly, so rapidly all over the world when the Prophet ﷺ came. We know that the Prophet ﷺ uh, uh, was incredibly successful in, in terms of da'wah. Uh, there's that famous book. Uh, uh, what's it called? The most uh, Michael Hart, I think it's called. The most famous, uh, the most successful people in history. So, yeah, that's a hundred most influential. That's the one. And he said, "Look, I, even as a non-Muslim, I have to admit that both politically and religiously, he he, he dominated everybody, right? Because uh, uh, you know, I think he. In, in, if you read the introduction, why he says the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says." Religiously, the religions all over the world, and it spread so rapidly. And furthermore, uh, even uh, when it comes to politically, he says, you know, the, according to Christians, Jesus was crucified. So clearly he wasn't politically successful. Moses never reached the promised land, they, he says. You know, this is his, his ex- explanation. Uh, and so on and so forth. However, the Prophet ﷺ, when he passed away, he passed away in Medina. And he was at that point controlling the entirety of Arabia. And then right after that, the Khulafa expanded all the way from Spain to China. Uh, within, within, like, you know, uh, Umar ibn al-Khattab, anhu, conquering Persia and Rome, and then uh, Uthman going all the way to uh, China and Spain and so on and so forth. So, subhanAllah, uh, you know, uh, this is clearly a success. Fathum min Allah wa nasrun min Allah wa fathum qareeb. This is a huge success from Allah Ta'ala. Furthermore, Allah says that each of them, uh, uh, sent, each of them were sent with the same Basic fundamental message, which is what? To worship Allah alone and to avoid any sort of shirk and ta'ut and evil. And uh, we should know also that denying one messenger is to deny all of them. You can't say, I'm a believer in the Prophet Muhammad, but I don't believe in uh, Yunus or, or uh, Shu'aib. This doesn't work like that. Denial of one is denial of all. And this is emphasized when Allah says, كَذَّبَتْ قَوْمُ نُوحٍ المرسلين. Uh, Allah says that the people of Nuh denied the messengers, and it's plural. And the question is, Nuh was the first Rasul, he was the first messenger. So how could they have denied the messengers? And in fact, I've seen in debates, sometimes non-Muslims will say, this is evidence of a mistake in the Qur'an. See, it says that the people of Nuh denied messengers. That's impossible. He was one messenger, and there were no other messengers prior, or even at the same time. So it doesn't make any sense. And the response is, this is the eloquence of the Qur'an. By denying Nuh, it's equivalent to denying who? Dawood, Sulaiman, Muhammad, Isa, etc., etc. All of it, it's a package deal. And so this is the eloquence of the Qur'an that some people, they, it goes, flies right over their heads. <laughs> uh, next, is the finality of the messenger uh, of, of, of the messengers, prophets and messengers? As we know, the Prophet ﷺ is the final messenger. This is mentioned in Surah Al-Ahzab. Ma kana Muhammadun 
ابا احد من رجالكم ولكن رسول ولكن ولكن رسول الله وخاتما النبيين that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is neither the father of any of your men he is not the father of any of your men rather he is the messenger of allah and the last of the prophets the last of the prophets and so we don't believe for example uh, the Ahmadis, or let's say uh, Qadianis is another term for them. People that say, oh, there were prophets afterwards, or the Baha'i as well. Uh, uh, this is something that we do not subscribe to. Yes, we have to affirm all 25 messengers that are mentioned in the Qur'an by name, but we also recognize that prophets and messengers came, which we don't know their names. Uh, and we don't know their stories, but still we have to believe that Allah Ta'ala has sent to every nation, as was just mentioned in the Qur'an. We just quoted the ayah that Allah sent to every nation. Uh, we also have to firm, when we say we believe in the messengers, implied in that is that their teachings are true and to be obeyed. It's not like it's just true, like, oh, that's interesting. No, they're to be obeyed. Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا لِيُطَاعَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ We did not send any messenger except to be obeyed by Allah's permission. So it's not just sending them because, oh, you know, out of curiosity, you might feel a little bit lost. I'm going to tell you, you know, what life is all about. No, it's not just to give you some interesting information. It's not for curiosity's sake. It's not even for, quote-unquote, enlightenment in the sense of, oh, now I know better. No, it's to be obeyed, uh, to enlighten, but then to live by. Both uh, go hand in hand. Yes. Uh, uh, and to the point that the Prophet ﷺ, Allah Ta'ala mentioned about the Prophet ﷺ, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فيما شجر بينهم ثم لا يجد في أنفسهم حرج مما قضيت ويسلم تسليما. Allah says, but no, by your Lord, O Muhammad sallallahu alaihi they will not truly believe until they make you, O Messenger sallallahu alaihi judge uh, the judge concerning over that which they dispute amongst themselves, and then find within themselves no discomfort over what you have judged and submit in full willingness, a full type of submission. So in other words, we are supposed to make the Qur'an, Allah and His Messenger, the Qur'an and Sunnah, the arbiter between us. We're supposed to say, we might disagree about something, let's put the Qur'an and Sunnah above us, we both submit to that, whoever's right, whoever's wrong, we're, we're okay with that. And if you have some sort of ugly feeling about that, then this shows that you haven't, you, Iman has not manifested in your heart, you don't have true Iman. Iman is to accept and to be happy that even if I was wrong, good, I'm glad I got educated. You know, if somebody says, no, you're wrong, and I can prove it to you, and they draw... I've actually, it's interesting, I actually had a conversation where somebody was frustrated, not with what I was saying, but with the fact that I brought up an ayah of the Qur'an to prove what I was saying. I, I was really quite shocked by it. I was like, yeah, that's what Muslims do. Like, I don't know, in my head, I couldn't... It was so bizarre to me. We were having a bit of a... a it wasn't even a full-blown full disagreement, because I didn't even know the full situation. I just said, look, I heard something about a situation and I want to clarify it with you. And so we know that, you know, Allah says this. And so I just want to know what is your position on this. The guy was very upset. He said, I don't want to talk at all. And then only months later do I find out that he was holding this frustration in his heart because I quoted an ayah of Qur'an. And he's like, what are you, what are you doing? Trying to prove that you're better than me? And uh, you think, uh, he didn't like that. It's like you're trying to put me in a corner. Allah says this, therefore I have to submit. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was so weird that some people, they, get, they, they feel uncomfortable when you quote Qur'an or Sunnah. And I, I don't know, I, didn't, I, was, I was like, well, isn't that, our, isn't that the way we get to the truth? Isn't that how we arbiter the situation? Subhanallah. Anyway, alhamdulillah, we spoke about it and now we're on good terms. Alhamdulillah, so the situation has been cleared up. But I just thought it was very uh, bizarre that uh, this, is a, this is a thing. People don't like it when you try to use evidences for your points through Qur'an and Sunnah. It should be the opposite. We should love that, okay, you have a, one position, I have another position. Let's try to figure out what's based on Qur'an and Sunnah to clarify the situation. That should make you happy, not upset.
Allah knows best. Anyway, uh, what, is the, what are the benefits? What are the benefits of belief in the messengers, alayhi salatu wasalam? What is the benefit there? Well, one is that human beings naturally, by their very nature, look up to role models. If you don't have good role models, children will make up their own role models. If you don't have someone to look up to, you're going to start saying this sports, this sports star or this rapper or this actor or this whatever, this uh, famous person, they're my role model. I want to be like them. I want to dress like them. Why do you think that they use celebrities inside of commercials? Look, so this basketball player, he drinks this drink, so now you should drink it too because people naturally look up to them. And it's, it's so amazing to me. I remember actually, uh, it's been about a, about a year from now, uh, I, I was speaking to someone. It was funny, I was, I was kind of praying, I was praying outside in an open area. And this person was like, yo, my man, yo, he was calling me. And, and I just kept praying. And, you know, I had to finish my salah. And then he wanted to get my attention. And then he realized, oh, this guy's a Muslim. And, you know, he's praying. And so I should, you know, and so he just said, all praise is due to Allah. <laughs> and I was like, that was pretty funny. So anyway, I finished my salah. I finished my salah. I give my salah. I say, yes, yes, sorry. I wasn't trying to ignore you. I just had to finish my prayer. And he goes, I want to ask you something. You know, you seem like a good guy. You know, basically, you seem like a religious guy. Maybe you can, you can, <laughs> you can answer me. He goes, why did God take Kobe Bryant's life, right? And, and he just, he was just, why? Why? He goes, and subhanAllah, I couldn't believe it. He goes, you know, I might, I think he said my uncle died recently. I was at the funeral. I never cried. And somebody else, somebody, he said, talking about like death and this, that. All, I never cried. But when Kobe died, I just couldn't take it. You know, yeah, that's the red line, right? That's crossing the line. How? And I was sitting there, I just, I, I was like, I, I don't know, I was just processing that this to him is like the MBA, you know? This to him is the, the top of the top. This is like, you know, this is like, 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 uh, like, like, MBA wa rusul, like, like, it doesn't get any higher than this. This is the greatness. He's like, how? My heart is shattered. My reality doesn't make sense. I'm questioning my life and God and everything. I don't understand. Why? Because Kobe passed away. SubhanAllah. Like, yes, I get it. He was a, first of all, a very talented player and very kind, apparently. I get all that. But at the end of the day, I mean, SubhanAllah, you don't have any role models in your life, like people that have done, like, tremendous things, like, like you know, like, like really good things, not just being good at sports, which is amazing. I'm not trying to be rude. You know, he passed away. I don't want to say bad things. It's, it's, it's in poor taste to say anything negative. I don't have anything negative to say. But still, I mean, it's still a sport, right? I mean, it's, it's not, you're not saving lives, for instance. You're not like, like, you know, a doctor going to like some war-torn area and like saving orf- orphans or, you know what I mean? It's not, it's just, it's basketball. It's, it's a skill. Like, it's, like, this is the top to you? And it just was so heartbreaking. Anyway, I tried to make it good and I tried to say, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, you're asking, the question is kind of wrong. I tried to explain to him, look, the question of why did he die has to, before you ask that question, you have to ask the question, why did he live? In other words, why do we live? Why are humans alive first? Then why do we die? So when you ask the first question properly, why are we alive to begin with? Then you understand that life is temporary. Life is a test and that we're only here for a short time. And it makes sense that the exam finishes and that we all get judged. And so his exam finished. That's it, you know. So when you ask just the question, why did he die? It seems wrong. Or it seems frustrating. But when you ask the question, well, why did he live and then die? The package. He was like, oh, I'm so glad I asked you. He was very happy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I tried to give him whatever with whatever I could. But honestly, I was quite shocked that this to him was the pinnacle. It was really like the way we think about anbiya or as-salihin, you know, or as-shuhada, you know, how righteous, righteous people that is in his eyes was the biggest. Anyway, phenomenal. Um, so why do we 
Why is it good? Also, what are, what are the other benefits of having uh, role models? Another benefit is what? That you get to understand abstract concepts with real stories. So obviously, we all understand that it's virtuous to be patient. It's virtuous to be generous. It's virtuous to be uh, devoted, right? But uh, you have devotion, right? These are abstract concepts. Patience and generosity, these are abstract concepts. When you have stories of MBF, that highlight these qualities and characteristics, it gives it to you in, more mo in a more motivating factor. I could, I could stand up and give a chutbah and say, everybody should be generous because generosity is good. And everybody will say, yeah, it's true. But when I tell a story about someone who is exceptionally generous, it has a different impact. Making it real, right? So what, what is the point of learning the story of, let's say, Adam salam? Why? Because Adam salam, he made a mistake, felt the result and the pain of his sin, and then truly made tawbah and repentance. What do we learn from Nuh What it means to be devoted to da'wah, to give your whole life to trying to guide people, even if they reject you, even if they hate you, you still keep trying. What do we learn from Ibrahim We learn the willingness to sacrifice and give it all. They want to throw me in a fire, I'm willing to go. I have to leave my family, I'll do it. I have to slaughter, I'll do it. SubhanAllah. Willingness to just sacrifice fi sabilillah. Yusuf salam, the power of forgiving others. I could give a khutbah about how it's important to forgive others, but when you tell the story of Yusuf salam and how he forgave people and said, no problem, no problem, no blame on you today, it's, it's a different thing. It inspires in a different way. Musa salam, the bravery in the face of a tyrant. Ayyub salam, patience with adversity. Yahya salam, the devotion to ilm. Take this book with strength. What does this imply? I need to study and study hard, right? I need to learn. Isa asceticism. No, no obsession with worldly things, completely ascetic. SubhanAllah. And the Prophet ﷺ, everything. I mean, SubhanAllah, we have the most details about the life of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. And so really you could say all of this and more. SubhanAllah. Because we have the most details and he is our, uh, we are uh, Ummat Muhammad ﷺ. So we, 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 we focus on him, obviously, the most. So this is what it means to believe in the messengers. Next. Uh, the last day. What does it mean to believe in the last day? Well, I'm not going to get into all the alamat uh, al-sa'ah, all the signs of judgment day and so on and so forth, because that's a really long topic. There's books dedicated to this subject. You know, there's minor signs, major signs, etc. But just very quickly to get, get to the point, we know that number one, alhamdulillah, when it comes to the destruction of this world, the believers will be spared. Alhamdulillah. Why is that the case? Because the Prophet ﷺ says, Sahih Muslim, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَبْعَثُ and some say مثقال حبتن, and others say مثقال, مثقال ذرتن, but anyways, two different narrations. من إيمان إلا قبضته, that the Prophet says, indeed, Allah would send a wind to blow from the side of Yemen more delicate and soft than silk, and it would spare nobody who has even, whether it be an atom's weight or a grain's weight of iman in their hearts, they will not be spared. In other words, there's going to come a time where every single believer will be removed from the earth. That there will not be an, a single believer left on the earth. And that's when the major signs of Judgment Day will start uh, uh, coming down all, all, all together in one shot. The Prophet ﷺ also says, also in Sahih Muslim, لا تقوم الساعة حتى لا يقال في الأرض الله الله. This is an amazing hadith. That the Prophet says what? The hour of resurrection will not occur until Allah, Allah is not even set on the earth. No, not a single person will be calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making dua and being a believer. So next time, you know, 
non-Muslims are saying, oh, you people, you know, you immigrants and Muslims are coming to our country. What good are you? So you could say, well, number one, <laughs> what, what good are we? We are maintaining your reality. <laughs> the very fact that we exist, the very fact that believers are on earth means what? Means that your reality stays around. Because the moment the believers get removed, guess what? Your reality comes to an end. So that's the first thing that we offer. In addition to the fact that, mashallah, many of you are doctors and so on and so forth. That's also very nice, mashallah. But I think reality, keeping intact, is actually kind of important. So, wallah ta'ala alam. Then what's going to happen once the believers get removed? Once the believers are removed, there's no more uh, uh, iman on the face of the earth. It'll just be pure disbelievers. The next thing that will happen is the sun will rise from the west. As the Prophet mentions, لا تقوم الساعة حتى تطلع الشمس من مغربها فإذا طلعت ورآها الناس آمنوا أجمعون وذلك حين لا ينفع نفسا إيمانها ثم قرأ الآية هل ينظرون He mentions the ayah. So the Prophet says what? The hour will not be established until the sun rises from the west. When it rises from the west, the people will see it and they will all believe. All of them will be, it'll be, it's the same thing as Fir'aun when he was drowning, he says, I believe in the, in the Lord of Musa. It doesn't count at that point. You know, same thing with, uh, for example, on your deathbed, if you say, I want to give all my money in charity. The answer is, it's not your money anymore. It belongs to all your uh, inheritors. It's not your money anymore. Sorry. So the guy's like, no, 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 I'm about to die. I might, I don't, I'm, I don't want to meet Allah. I never gave charity. I didn't know, you know, a guy gets into an accident and now he wants to, the last move he wants to do is say, okay, I'm just about to die. Let me give my money in charity. Sorry, it's not your money anymore. You're supposed to give your money when you're healthy. And when you're able to, not, you know, you're broken, you're busted, you're just, you know, you're on your last breath, that doesn't count. Same thing with uh, uh, your iman, uh, uh, in the sense that like when you're getting, when Allah's punishment comes, to say, now we believe, now we believe. Uh, as Allah says, al-an, now? <laughs> it's amazing. In, uh, I think it's in Surah Isra, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I could be wrong about that. Allah Ta'ala mentions uh, that Fir'aun, uh, you know, he says, uh, now I believe in the Lord of Musa. He doesn't even say, I believe in Allah. He says, in, in, their, in, in the Lord of like, I think, Bani Israel, their Lord, their, you know, disassociating it from himself. You could see how disgusted he is. I believe in their Lord. And subhanAllah, uh, not my Lord or my Rabb. No, yeah, fine, their Lord. But Allah says, no, it's, uh, it's not accepted of you. So anyway, point is the same thing. The sun rises from the west. When they see it, they say, now we believe for sure. And it doesn't make a difference. Too late. This is Adabullah. And then he mentioned, the Prophet recited the ayah uh, from Surah An'am, ayah number 158. Uh, Do they then wait for anything except that the angel should come to them, as in death, you know, the angel of death, or your Lord should come, uh, or your Lord should come, or that there comes some of the signs of your Lord. And this is, could be a reference to... Uh, you know, the sun rising from the west. The day that some of the signs of your Lord will come, no soul will benefit from its faith as long as it had not believed before. So clearly stated in the Qur'an, had you not believed before, once those final moments come, there's no benefit to it. Then the trumpet will be blown twice. Allah mentions, وَنُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ فَصَعِقَ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا مَنْ شَاءَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ نُفِخَ فِيهِ أُخْرَى and the, the horn will be blown, and uh, whoever is in the heavens and whoever is on the earth will fall dead except for who Allah wills. Then it will be blown a second time again, and at once they will be standing. So two uh, blowing of the horn, the trumpet. It's amazing, by the way, consistency in the Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala mentions how he did this nafkha, this, this blowing, to the, the ruh inside of Adam alayhi salam. Right? So Adam alayhi our whole life is because Allah breathes into us a ruh. And then we are taken, all of humanity is taken away. How? Another blowing. This is really beautiful. It's just, it's a consistency. What, it, it, what is the benefit of this? To teach us how uh, uh, transient 
and how delicate life is. Why? Because I can blow you into existence and I can blow you out of existence, like a little flickering flame. And how arrogant human beings become. They think I'm going to last forever. I'm untouchable. Do you know who I am? You know, do you know my status? They think they're so tough. Subhanallah. I just with dirt, I blew you into existence and boom, I could blow you out of existence. So subhanallah, it's such a beautiful consistency in this Quran when you see these, uh, uh, um, uh, these parallels. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Allah ta'ala mentions in other places as well. When the, uh, the, and the horn will be blown and at once from the graves to their Lord, they will be hastening. People will be jumping, coming out of the graves and rushing uh, and, uh, and moving very, very quickly. قَالُوا يَا وَيْلَنَا مَنْ بَعَثَنَا مِنْ مَرْقَدِنَا مِنْ مَرْقَدِنَا هَذَا مَا وَعَدَ الرَّحْمَانُ وَصَدَقَ الْمُرْسَلُونَ They will say, woe to us who has raised us up from our sleeping places. And, they will, uh, and they, uh, the reply will be, this is what the most merciful, what Allah Ar-Rahman has promised. And the messengers told the truth. So, uh, resurrection takes place. As Allah says, the day that we fold up the heavens like the folding of a sheet, uh, and subhanAllah, uh, then comes accounting. That after they return to us, after Allah takes our souls, brings us back, then what? Hisab. Allah Ta'ala takes us to accounting. Why? On Judgment Day, there are many different descriptions. Again, I'm not going to go through all the details, but ultimately, it ends in heaven and hell. Heaven is a place that no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and no heart can ever imagine. As Allah says, فَلَا تَعْلَمُ نَفْسٌ مَا أُخْفِيَ لَهُمْ مِنْ قُرَّةِ أَعْيُنٍ جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا and no soul knows what has been hidden from, uh, for them of the comfort of the eyes as a reward for what they used to do. SubhanAllah. And as for the disbelievers, Allah has many different descriptions of hellfire being an extremely painful and terrible place. That Allah says, whoever, uh, and tell them, say whoever, uh, the truth is from your Lord, whoever wills, let him believe, and whoever wills, let him disbelieve. Indeed, we have prepared for the wrongdoers a fire whose walls will surround them, and if they call for relief, they will be relieved with water like murky oil, which will pour down and scald their faces. Wretched is the drink, and evil is this resting place. SubhanAllah. So this is Jannah wa Nar as a just quick, brief description. What are the benefits? What are the benefits to the belief in? What are the belief in the benefits uh, to the last day? We'll continue in just one second, inshallah ta'ala.